Hi, and welcome back to the podcast, or welcome to the podcast if you're a first-time listener. My name's Nicole, and I'm so excited to dive into this episode. It's all about social-emotional learning. If you just heard that keyword and you're feeling panicked because you're terrible at social-emotional learning, don't worry, I am as well, which is exactly why I wanted to do this episode. When I was teaching, this was something that I struggled with so much. So I reached out to my friend Allie from Misbehavior and asked her to come on. She's the person I've turned to to get tips myself when I needed to work on this with my students and my clients. And I was so excited when she said she would do a podcast episode with me. This one is short. It's going to be less than 10 minutes and you'll walk away with definitely knowing how to implement this into your classroom. I hope you guys are excited. Let's jump right on in. everybody and welcome back to the podcast. I'm really excited for this episode because it's all about social emotional learning. Social emotional learning was something that I really struggled with when I was in the classroom. I felt like I didn't really understand what it was or how to approach it with my class and outside of that when I was trying to fit in reading and math, content, therapies, gen ed time, the idea of finding even 10 minutes to work on something else felt completely impossible. But it's actually very easy to integrate into your classroom and it's super important. So I'm so excited that Allie from Misbehavior is coming on to the podcast today to help make this feel a little bit more manageable. So thank you for joining us. Hi, Nicole. Thanks and for having me. For people right now who have that same feeling that I do, we're like, oh, I've heard that key term, but I don't really know what it is. Can you just explain what we mean when we say social emotional learning? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to borrow a some language from who I think is the guru of SEL, and that's CASEL, which stands for um, the Collaborative for Academic and Social Emotional Learning. So you can check out their website. They're kind of like the leaders in this area. So they share that social emotional learning, or often we just call it SEL because it's a lot easier to say. It's a pretty long title. SEL is the process through which all young people and adults acquire and apply the knowledge, skills, attitudes to develop healthy identities, manage their emotions, achieve personal and collective goals, feel and show empathy for others, establish and maintain supportive relationships, and make responsible and caring decisions. So Castle breaks that down into these things that they call competencies, and they call them like the big five. So the big five things that we want kids to be able to do, and quite honestly, adults. So when you hear some of these, you'll be like, oh, I have to work on that. Of course you do, right? Self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship skills, and responsible decision-making. Thank you. That was very easy to understand, but why is it important to do that in school? It's not in our state standards or anything. Why should we still be finding time to work on this? Sure. And Nicole, I know that you're also a fellow like research nerd, so I know you'll appreciate this. Um, decades, truly decades of research shows that teaching SEL actually improves social emotional learning skills, which isn't surprising, but then it helps with students' attitudes, their relationships, their academic performance. Teaching SEL has actually shown a decline in student anxiety, their challenging behaviors, Reliance on substances, so substance abuse. Um, when we teach SEL, we actually see the long-term gains in students' skills, their attitudes, those pro-social behaviors we're always looking for, their academic performance over time. And then overall, when we focus on SEL, kids feel safe. And when kids feel cared for and they feel seen, they actually can participate fully in school. They're more likely to take a risk, like participating in a math lesson if they don't fully understand what's going on or read a passage out loud in class when they were normally hesitant to do that. 
they're more likely to ask for help and actually advocate for themselves. And I know every teacher can say that these are things that we all actually want our students to be doing. Absolutely. And it kind of goes back to that concept of Maslow before Bloom. You have to have yes. that basic stuff met before we can tackle reading and math. All right. Absolutely. But when I take this and I try and translate it to the type of students I had in my classroom and the clients I work with now, I typically have kids that are really complex communicators. Like we can't necessarily sit at a table and like have really deep discussions about our feelings and answer why questions, but it's still really important that we give them access to this. So how can we take this concept and translate it to students that maybe need an alternative way of accessing the same material? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I do believe it's kind of a misconception that SEL skills are best taught in standalone or isolated lessons. You can, and quite honestly, you probably already do infuse SEL skills every day in what you're already teaching. So I know I used to teach a classroom a lot like the one that you used to teach, Nicole, and that there was a huge focus on social skills. Those, that's SEL. You know, when we're focusing on our students, you know, chatting with a friend or playing actually together rather than just parallel, that's SEL. So we want kids to be problem solvers, but we don't really want that to just be in an isolated lesson about problem solving, right? But when they're in an organic situation, we want them to be like, you know, to figure it out. That's the whole point. So adding SEL skills into, let's say, math lessons or speech therapy groups, transition activities, calendar time, like that is SEL. And a great way to do this, I feel, is through books. Um, we do a lot of read-alouds in school. It doesn't matter what you teach. It's a foundational part of being a teacher. We all do it. So why not add in books that touch on identifying emotions, friendships, dealing with jealousy, goal setting, topics like that. It's a great way to introduce SEL. You can then take that skill that you talked about in that read-aloud and refer back to the topic when they organically occur throughout the day and just sort of bring it back up. Like, remember that character? You know, and we can you know, sort of continue to infuse it so it actually comes alive um, in the real situation in real life, so. Absolutely, and I feel like I really got stuck with, when I was in reading, we always just read books about like, Mary has a lemonade stand, and it didn't occur to me that I could pick up a book about playing with a friend, and I could still target all those WH questions. I could still work on identifying characters. We could write a sentence about the book. I just had trouble like merging those two worlds together, which is why I wanted you to come on. And yeah. speaking of, you have a new book that is ideal for doing this. Do you want to share about it? Yeah. So um, like I said, I love doing this. So it makes sense that this is something I wanted to do myself and write a book about it. So um, this year I actually wrote a book called Roaring Mad Riley. Uh, it's about a dinosaur named Riley that experiences anger at school. She has a teacher that we all strive to be like. His name is Mr. Rex. And he meets her with compassion and shares some tangible coping skills on how to help her manage her anger. Um, it's probably for students like in the like like cognitively five to seven so you can sort of look at that and determine it i will say that some of the illustrations kind of gear towards more our younger students but i still feel like this is something that you could stretch across the grade span kind of depending on the angle in which you take it um something else really cool about the book is that i provide tips for teachers and caregivers at the end so that's like conversation starters questions to ask 
while and after reading. So it might take some of that guesswork out if you're a little bit nervous about getting started or this is new for you. There's also some extension activities if you wanted to sort of add, you know, a few extra things in or maybe you read the book in the morning and then before you leave, you do a few of the extension activities to keep that, you know, conversation going. Um, and there's a few other related resources if you're like, oh, I really liked this book, but I'd love to hear some more that are similar. Those are listed in the book too. Um, so yeah, my hope is that this can just help teachers get started. And this is also a great thing to suggest to parents or caregivers for students that actually experience a lot of anger at home. I know there's always that situation where we don't necessarily see some of the behaviors, but at home, the students are really struggling. So this might be a good thing that you could sort of pass on to parents as a recommendation. I love that suggestion. And then I will have a link to a bunch of resources in the description of this podcast. I'll have Allie's book linked. I'll also link the castle resource that she was talking about at the beginning of the podcast. She has some blog posts about social emotional learning. I'll link as well. This was just a tiny dive into what it is, but go check out her Instagram. That'll also be linked in the description. Social emotional learning does not need to be so scary. It really does not need to be so scary. So definitely check out the book and check out the other resources Allie has to help you as you incorporate this into your classroom. It's all about working smarter, not harder. So thank you so much, Allie, for coming on. And I'm so excited for everyone to see your book. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode and you were able to pull out pieces that you can apply to your classroom tomorrow. That's the whole goal of this podcast. I want you guys to listen to episodes and then find little nuggets that you can apply to your classroom or to your life. This podcast is just meant to help you balance those two parts of your life. If you're enjoying this podcast series, I would greatly appreciate if you left me a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It's really quick to do and it helps my podcast grow and reach even more special education teachers. I thank you in advance for doing that and I'll catch you next week in our next episode.